and welcome to the Pack Heavy podcast. Now this podcast is for anyone who works in the hospitality and food manufacturing industries who use flexible packaging to get their products to market. Featuring interviews with guests who have traveled the path that you're on so that you can learn from their successes and failures and engage in the mindset required to go all in on your vision. I call this mindset the Pack Heavy mentality and it's primarily driven by deliberate action and extreme organization. You gather market intelligence, put a strong plan in place, organize the appropriate resources, and then confidently test your hypothesis against reality. So if you're ready to pack heavy on your vision, you're in the right place, and I'm excited to have you here. Good morning, and welcome to episode 59, where today I have Kelly Roberts, who is the president and CEO of Ken Flexographics along for the ride. Now, back in June 21, I was fortunate enough to interview Natalie Schneck on episode 29, where we touched on the state of the Canadian printing industry and marketplace, a little on what the market is demanding from printers and how they're accommodating these demands. Now, on today's episode with Kelly, we had a great refresher for all of us on the direction that the print industry and flexible packaging space is heading for 2022, what we can expect to see and how it will impact your business and the decisions that you can make for your packaging project. So buckle in. Get ready for a great episode, but before we do, I just did want to take a couple of minutes to mention our show sponsors, Food Pack and Futurepreneur Canada. It's important to remember that your packaging is the first and most meaningful interaction that your consumer will have with your product. And at Food Pack, we focus exclusively on what your vision and needs are and work really hard to deliver a flexible package that serves its purpose properly at the right price. So if you're looking to get into the market for the first time this year in 2022, or would like to assess your existing packaging and program, or are interested in our packaging equipment like our Cipramac vacuum chamber machines, Plex Pack band sealers, and Repack tray sealers and thermoformers, I recommend that you get in touch with me directly by emailing me at hayden at foodpack.ca or by calling me on my work cell, which is 604-360-6790. Futurepreneur Canada is the only national non-profit organization that provides financing, mentoring and support tools to aspiring business owners aged 18 to 39. The key function that Futurepreneur plays is with financing and mentoring, where you can access up to 60 grand in financing, which comes paired with an expert business mentor for up to two years and resources to help you plan, manage, and grow your business. So if you're looking to start a business in BC or anywhere in Canada for that matter, head to futurepreneur.ca forward slash pack heavy and sign up now to connect with a Futurepreneur business development manager and learn how Futurepreneur can support you on your entrepreneurial journey. Kelly, welcome to the show. Hello, Hayden. How are things, mate? Excellent. Uh, very good. Yes, enjoying good. Uh, the the start of the new year. Nice, mate. Yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a hell of a start. You and I just before we went live, we were just having a brief discussion about the turmoil that everybody in the world right now is facing, whether it's in personal life or in business. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a roller coaster right now, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, yeah, let's get it uh, back on the right track and yeah. And have a successful 2022 for sure. Mate, I think we're all in that headspace and ready to take it on. So listen, um, I'm really excited to have a chat with you today about Ken Flexo and everything that you guys have got going on there. Because obviously, I'm not too sure if the listeners remember, but I did have a chat with Natalie Schneck back at episode 29, which was recorded in June last year. And that was an awesome conversation that I had with Natalie because we really had a conversation uh, that was based on or um, that was coming through the lens of... um, 
you know, discussing Rotogravira and Flexographic and digital print technology and all of the things that you guys do at CanFlexo, you know, representing um, organizations like the Bob's Group and Mark Andy and um, through the print press technology that you've got on offer and, and all of the, um, the equipment and peripherals that are accommodating the, the program. Um, but at the time when I had a chat with Natalie, we were talking about this current state of the Canadian and North American printing industry and marketplace. And we also touched a little bit about uh, what the market was demanding from printers and how they're accommodating these demands out in the marketplace. So I'm really excited to sort of get a status update on the North American market with you from uh, your perspective. And there are a few things that I know that you and I were discussing uh, via email that you'd like to touch on. So why don't you just kick off by, um, you know, I guess the first thing is that trade shows are coming back online, which is really exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Well, uh, you know, I know that uh, your listeners um, are focused in the flexible packaging market here. So maybe specifically, I'll talk about that uh, market and uh, the success over the last year, and the growth, uh, the growth has been significant, how an organization like myself assess the growth is obviously through um, uh, equipment sales, mm. and or equipment quoting, both with print uh, and lamination. So uh, let's say that uh, over the past uh, year and a half, um, fully into to COVID and, and still, you know, moving through it, that uh, the flexible packaging market is uh, very healthy, both in the narrow web, um, flexographic, narrow web, digital, uh, wide web, flexo, and uh, not so much wide web gravier as that's a, a process that's kind of been um, uh, moved out of North America and more uh, in the Asian countries. Right. Okay. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we've noticed exactly the same thing, you know, obviously here at Foodpack, we specialize in helping our clients get into a flexible product, whether it's a, um, you know, a stock bag off the shelf, like a turnkey solution, or a customized printed bag project. And yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And it's something that we've noticed that it is full steam ahead in terms of moving um, their products into flexible packaging because of all the benefits that it brings. So, you know, from your perspective, um, you know, what has driven this growth? Has it been sort of consumer demand or the fact that it is, you know, a simpler product to ship or, you know, where do you sort of see all of that growth coming from? Sure. Um, in the flexible packaging market, uh, sorry, in the packaging market, mm. flexible packaging represents about 25% of the overall packaging in that market. And so it's the fastest growing sector there. And within that uh, flexible packaging market, 75% of it is in the food packaging portion of it. Mm. All right, which is significant amount. And, you know, the reasons why I believe uh, the growth is um, uh, traditional uh, markets and emerging markets are, are are becoming better organized with their packaging. Mm. So their their grocery stores are looking a little bit different than they have in the past. Uh, there's new retail formatting like e-commerce, right? Uh, grocery delivery services, uh, food preparation delivery services, which require flexible packaging and quite a bit of it. Um, the shift from loose packaging to uh, to packaged packaging, you know, one tomato versus uh, three tomatoes in in the food business, and then. Um, you know, there's the explosion of uh, smaller SKU sizes, 
So having many different varieties of the same uh, product, let's mm. say. And, yeah. uh, and that's why I'm thinking why we're seeing definitely the growth in, in the flexible packaging market. Yeah, I hear that's all in alignment with sort of the, you know, the way that we're seeing things over here as well. Now, in terms of technology, Natalie and I did discuss a little bit and, um, you know, it was sort of a high level conversation because if you sort of think about the people who are listening to this right now, they're sort of small to medium sized business owners and operators who are active in the food based CPG world. And, you know, they're making decisions on the kind of packaging and the way that they want their product to be represented out on the retail shelf. And in a lot of cases, as we've just noted, um, they're choosing flexible packaging because of all the benefits. But from your perspective and in terms of the technology that is available for them to leverage and for a company like here at um, Foodpack for us to leverage, where do you sort of see the current technology and what direction is the technology moving to um, in terms of the print technology out there? So print technology in North America is mostly focused in the flexible packaging business in flexography, right? Uh, raised image plate, transferring ink to a substrate. Mm-hmm. The growth area of that is definitely the digital portion of it. Mm. Within the digital portion, we have uh, kind of two avenues to go down. One is uh, toner-based, which is a, um, a powder of, uh, uh, it's a powder-based ink. Uh, it has polymer compounds in it, and then it's fused to the package. Then we have UV inkjet, which is a liquid, and then water-based inkjet. The inkjet solutions require... Uh, some compliances, though, with with Nestle or low migration to be inside or within the flexible packaging market. So the growth definitely continues to be in the flexographic print market. Now, this can be narrow web, so ranging from widths of 17 inches to wide web uh, up to 69 inches. And then that also incorporates two different press technologies. One would be an inline printing press where you could use water, solvent, or UV ink, or to a wide web CI central impression press where you would use solvent or uh, water-based ink. And um, those, again, are each and every day are topics that we are discussing on a capital sales side of things. So what can Flexographic does on a day-to-day basis? Mm. And how does that impact the decisions that we're making here? Like all of that sounds great, but, you know, through the lens of us, you know, trying to make decisions for our clients or our clients going, hey, that's something that I can leverage. What does all of that mean? Well, it means that you have total control of the package. So right. from uh, purchasing the, the raw material in a roll form yeah. to um, printing that package and then converting that package into uh, a, a form of a, a shrink sleeve or uh, a stand-up pouch and then having that sent to, to your clients for you know the filling process. Yeah. So I believe that uh, that control within the boundaries of your country and where your um, clients are is uh, a a great benefit. And we're, I think we're finding that it's a great benefit because of what's transpiring with exporting Mm. uh, and importing goods uh, in and out of countries these days and the delays, um, the lost packages, 
the lost ships, the, uh, you know, uh, the strikes that go on, yeah. uh, all of that. Whereas if you can be in the same province or country that, uh, the, that your client is in and producing this package, there could be some value to that. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, you know, at here where we are located in BC, we've noticed a, a huge uh, logistical nightmare that's currently underway uh, because of the floods and also because uh, the ports of LA and the port of Seattle are currently um, experiencing overflow as well just due to COVID. So there are a lot of ships just parked out in the bay that are waiting to dock here, but then there aren't enough trucks to be able to unload and uh, and move all of the containers out to where they need to go. So yeah, there are huge delays going on right now. Um, now, in terms of the hybrid technology that's available out there, you discuss sort of like, you know, digital flexography and rotogravure, very high level. But I know that hybrid technology is on the way as well. So what does all of that mean? Right. Uh, hybrid technology is the inclusion of printing and converting in one complete package. Okay. So having the ability of having flexographic print for embellishments, for specific uh, uh, Pantone colors, yeah. for metallic inks, for a primer that may be required for a specific substrate that you're printing on. And then having digital print uh, could be four color process or expanded color gamut. It, you can also include a white there if required. And then having uh, more flexo or embellishments on the following that. So if you wanted to add foil mm. uh, to your, your printed package and then converting using either uh, semi-rotary die cut or straightforward die cutting and have a completed product at the end. So you're going from raw material to completed product in flexible packaging and or pressure sensitive label all in one particular pass. Mm. And, uh, that is, um, I'm not, it, it's a growth area, most definitely. It's the newest of the print processes when we incorporate each of those. Mm. I haven't come across where a gravure application needs to be included into that. However, if we were talking about applications of cold seal, then uh, for sure we would need to talk about um, the, the possibility of gravure in line with that. Uh, so that's the hybrid solution is incorporating many different uh, technologies all in line uh, to accomplish a, a package in a single pass. Mm. So it's an integrated approach. And I can imagine that, yeah, it sounds extremely beneficial. Are there benefits in terms of waste reduction? Yes. Uh, waste reduction can be seen in the, the printing and converting side of uh, yeah. th that process. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can go from strawberry to blueberry to uh, peach jam uh, one after another and, and then continue to die cut that same shape mm. without any waste at all. So yeah. uh, for sure, there's a significant um, amount of savings in waste where you're not having to change um uh, photopolymer plates, having to match ink, having to take that downtime and, um, and, and, and use that, it, it, take the downtime, avoid the downtime, sorry, and, and move forward with, you know, the, the printing. 
Mm. Yeah, I can imagine that it'd be so beneficial for these companies that are just trying to etch out some margin right now as well. Um, are you noticing that printing costs are coming down across the board as well, just due to these efficiencies? Sorry, printing costs? Uh, yeah, the cost say? of printing. Uh, is cost being driven down or is it sort of you know remaining stable even with these efficiencies? I think the raw material... Uh, parts of, yep. the, of the package are driving are continuing to drive the costs up yeah so yep. uh you uh converters right printers and converters are doing everything they can to um get from the end of job a to the start of job b as mm. quickly and as efficiently as possible to bring cost savings to the to the packaging user however i am anticipating that and feeling that raw material costs are uh, hindering the the package buyer. Mm. Yeah, I hear. Um, sustainability is a topic that's on everybody's lips. You know, we have clients call in literally every day asking us about sustainable solutions, whether it's a compostable bag that they want to get their hands on or something that's considered recyclable. But you know, the conversation always is geared on like, what are you packaging up first? Is it suitable for a, you know, a compostable or recyclable solution? And what is the reality of the end of life system that's currently in place in the municipalities that you're primarily selling in? So when it comes to all of this technology that you're out there selling, um, I can imagine that the opportunity to put, um, you know, plastic substrates and materials into these machines that are compostable is completely there, but how are the machines sort of um, being developed around those solutions? So the extrusion portion of that mm. is the, the most critical, right? Building the, the the recipe and having that recipe for those uh, particular products. Yeah. The, the printing process of it is that, that we need to have the inks that are adaptable, that also are compostable mm. and uh, are allowed to adhere to this packaging, right? And um, so there's not a lot of, of differences um, required in the printing process of right. that. Mm -hmm. Maybe the quality of the print isn't there because of the, um, the, the substrate that we're using. However, like you said that, uh, you know, as a, as a, a packaging sales individual, they're coming to you and asking that each and every day, mm. similar on the capital equipment side of things is, you know, I want to be able to print solvent ink, However, in the future, I may want to start, you know, moving into water-based ink. Mm. Um, here's a list of the substrates. Here's the thicknesses of the substrates. Mm. Uh, can your press hold those tolerances? Here is my graphics uh, requirements. Uh, how can you help and support me in moving forward in that? So yeah. the, the, the real chemistry, though, the real art in, in that substrate is definitely in the extrusion of those um, of those materials. Yeah, I hear. I had a really interesting uh, conversation a couple of months ago um, with a guy called Bruce Wallinger, and he's heavily involved in the seaweed industry. And we discussed sort of the emerging seaweed industry that's currently underway and how bioplastics are being created from seaweed. And it was really cool to hear how sort of that technology is, you know, have being heavily invested in, and there's a lot of studies being, you know, revolving around it and some legitimate, um, you know, testing being done as well. Have you heard any of Anything along those lines, sort of um, coming across your desk? Uh, kind of listening to your uh, the the podcast and and hearing that that particular episode, you know, corn based is is also uh, yeah. another product that that's being used. Uh, not a lot is coming across my desk uh, 
as because it's a it's a finished substrate. Mm. I, I just need to know, you know, it's extensible features, um, what ink that the customer wants to apply to it and, mm. and how fast they want to on how fast they want to go. So uh, the sustainability portion of it isn't um, that particular to the print process currently. Mm. Yeah, I hear where do you sort of see everything, the direction of all of this moving? Because um, I'm actually really excited. I won't disclose the full conversation yet, but I've got a guest coming on within the next couple of weeks who is a specialist when it comes to, you know, uh, flexible packaging and sustainability and um, the end of life systems that can be or are currently in place in Canada. And what seems to be the real bottleneck, and we've sort of highlighted it a couple of times now, is that, you know, the technology and the, the substrates for a compostable solution are available right now, as you and I have just suggested but there isn't a legitimate place to put it, you know, to actually compost it or, you know, industrial composting facilities aren't accepting them yet for various reasons. So I'm going to have that conversation with him, but, you know, right now I can imagine that your clients right now, so printers and converters would sort of be holding off on heavily investing in sort of the, this um, right now until you know, clients are able to access it and have a legitimate place to put it right now. But what kind of time frame is on everybody's lips? Like, have you had any time frames like five, 10 years, or is that the million dollar question? Right. Uh, I agree. Yes, it could be the million dollar question. The, my customers ask is uh, really about trending. What's trending? Who mm. is making these uh, transitions? Who is heavily into sustainability and how? Um, how far along are they? Is it uh, leading edge technology or is it bleeding edge technology? Mm -hmm. So that's the type of uh, conversations that I have particularly with the clients. And um, they want to have a feel at what level the rest of the industry is or their competitors are at. And then should we uh, study it or make that move? Mm. My, you know, this coming up uh, podcast that, that you're going to have with this, uh, with this individual, he may have a better idea on the timelines of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, like I said, my clients are about trending. What's, what's happened over the last six months? And what do you guys see happening in the next six months hmm. with, with uh, printing presses? And, and how uh, is that going to fit in sustainability? Hmm. Once an organization invests in the technology and the equipment that they've purchased from you and you've gone and you've installed it and they've got it operational, how upgradable is it all? Yeah, absolutely. The, um, the configuration of these presses, we'd like to get it right the first time. Yeah. Uh, these are large capital pieces of equipment and uh, retrofitting something could become you know, costly. Mm. And uh, so in the wide web central impression drum world, most often, if there's a retrofit or add on modular, uh, you would add additional print stations, as we would state downstream. And that could be flexo or gravier. And uh, you may want to print on the backside of a, a package, uh, a matte uh, lacquer, something like that. Yeah. In the inline press world, so the narrow web press world, retrofitting uh, embellishments or additional colors uh, takes up real estate, 
but it's not such a demand like it would be in the central impression drum world. Mm -hmm. So uh, very modular, if you wanted to add, uh, you know, cold foiling or hot foiling to an inline press or rotary screen printing, or even a digital head to, to the flexo press, an inline process just lends very well to a modular growth mm -hmm. as opposed to central impression presses. Understood. Changing topics a little bit, I've got a technical question for you. So if we had a client and we had already got their cylinders um, etched and, uh, and it was a CMYK print project, and if they wanted to change a color of a blue in their artwork, for example, for an, their next manufacturing run, would you suggest that the cylinders would have to get re-etched or redeveloped, or is it literally just the color of the ink that's getting changed? Right. So, you know, color management and yeah. each of the processes is definitely critical. Yeah. And um, when we're printing with four color process, we're printing with four transparent inks that lay yeah. on top of one another yeah. and are separated in pre-press to come up with the, the specific color blue that mm. you're, that you're looking for. Yeah. The first, because the press is set up, the substrate's in and the operator's standing there and the customer probably has a, a delivery expectation, yeah. uh, some of the first steps would be to manipulate the ink, yeah. uh, manipulate the, the four processings. So it would be important to, to study the density of each of those inks to make sure that one isn't overbearing on the mm. other. And once you can, um, uh, if you have all the parameters set, and it's, it's um, what the pre-press individuals have sent to you and the cylinders are engraved and you can't get that blue, sadly, you have to pull that out and you have to start from scratch again in the pre-press operation of it. So, and that's probably in the manipulating of uh, an etched multiple process colors yeah. or yeah. maybe specifically the cyan because it's closest to blue, I, yeah. you know? That's, um, I'm not a pre-press expert, but yeah. uh, uh, that's the, the, the process that there could be significant waste and significant uh, downtime as you continue to uh, create this blue on press yeah. um, without any, uh, you know, proper data or proper, you know, steps mm. to take along the way. Yeah, it's probably better just to invest in a Pantone blue. And, you know, adjust the artwork altogether. Yeah, I hear. It's a, uh, it's a question that we've had come up a few times and I didn't have a proper technical answer. So thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. So, mate, I feel like we've covered off sort of the main discussion points that you and I had sort of set aside. What else is important for all of the listeners or to hear or what else is important for you to get out into the world? Well, uh, I think, uh, like I said at the, the beginning stages, the, the packaging industry is healthy, not only in flexible packaging, however, corrugated, folding carton, pressure sensitive labels, mm -hmm. uh, shrink materials, having 360 degree graphics. And that um, within the, the, the borders of our country, I think it's important uh, as a business owner to take on the responsibility of if it's extrusion, if it's lamination, if yep. it's printing, if it's converting, start with one of those processes and and build on that. And uh, let's keep the the print in North America. Canada is, um, you know, we're a population of 36 million. I think, uh, you know, 80% of our population lives, you know, 50 miles from the U.S. border. Mm. 
So that means we have a significant amount of resources to uh, in the print industry and we can sell our packaging into the US. So it's, it's not just the Canadian market, it's a North American market. And we're seeing that from our customers and their growth. And uh, that's, uh, that's, you know, during these trying times, uh, you know, I didn't enter the, the, the printing and packaging industry 25 years ago, predicting a pandemic and, and that it would be, you know, busy each and every day through it, but definitely thankful of it. And, and I think the printing and packaging and converting business is healthy and will continue to be healthy as, you know, we've just seen over these past two years. That's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Getting that out there is that uh, print and, and packaging is, uh, is a viable future for sure. Yeah, that's great. It's just the end of life system that we need to square away. And then I think we've got a pretty good system altogether. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, listen, Kelly, thank you very much for bringing along your insights. I hope that it's been useful for everybody out there. I know it's been great for me. So thank you very much. Well, Hayden, thank you. And thank you for supporting the, you know, the packaging industry, the flexible packaging industry and producing this uh, podcast every week. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, mate. I appreciate it. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks again for taking the time to tune into today's episode. I would like to briefly mention Foodpack and Futurepreneur Canada, our two show sponsors. Head on down to the show notes and click on the link and have a look on their websites. They both have an enormous amount of value that they can bring into your lives and businesses. Um, Two things before we leave, please leave a rating or review. That would mean the absolute world to me. I can also be contacted if you've got any questions at Hayden at thepackofyoupodcast.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn and Instagram. Thanks a lot. See you next week.